Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, our continuing coverage of World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. We'll be joined in studio by Wendy Shetler, CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. She'll tell us all about their organization and how they're helping Manitobans deal with Alzheimer's. Then we'll hear from a friend of the show and returning guest, Marie Bouchard. She was one of the moderators at Mayor Bowman's recent One Summit for Racial Inclusion, and she'll tell us all about what she learned from the panel. And finally, our coverage of the grand unveiling of a brand new feature at the Forks right here in Winnipeg. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and good morning. Robert Zirk here with Nolan Bicknell, and we're here with you on our very first show of October. Yeah, fall is here. Still nice out, though, thankfully. Yes. At um, least it's not winter yet. Exactly. And uh, and it was really nice for uh, what we're going to be talking about a little bit later on, which was the launch or the unveiling, unveiling of the yeah. Alloway Arch and the Widow's Might Fountain. A beautiful day down at the Forks, which is perfect for for the walking path that, uh, that the arch now sits over top of. Absolutely. So we'll tell you a little bit more about that coming up in the show. But first, we've got Joey D and the Starlighters with Peppermint Twist right here on River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with my co-host Robert Zirk, and we're also joined in studio by Wendy Shetler. She's the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. Wendy, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So we wanted to bring you in uh, because September was World Alzheimer's Month, and I just wanted to talk to you. I guess first question for our listeners, what does the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba do? Well, the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba is a not-for-profit organization, and we're here to support people who are living through dementia. And so that might be um, as a caregiver, or that might be a person with dementia themselves. We provide education and support um, for individuals who are living it, as well as we also provide uh, funding for research. So tell our listeners a little bit about how Manitoba fits into the sort of wide scope of things, and how many Canadians are... are, uh, living with dementia and how the number of Manitoba specifically that are living with Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia? Well, I think World Alzheimer Month really highlighted the fact that this is a worldwide issue and the numbers are just growing tremendous amounts. Age is the biggest risk factor. And so we have an older population. Our population is absolutely aging. And so it's kind of a, a demographics issue. But with age being the biggest risk factor, um, we're looking at numbers doubling over the next 20 years. And so in Canada, we have three quarters of a million Canadians with dementia. And in you know, less than 20 years, that number is going to double. In Manitoba, we have over you know, 21,000 Manitobans with dementia right now. And that number is going to double within wow. 25 years. So what are some of the signs that 
if our listeners have any seeing any potential symptoms or any sort of early warning signs, what what can they do? Well, things that you might notice that that kind of you're concerned about yourself, you're concerned about a family member. You know, changes in his memory certainly is one I think that's typical that we often hear about and we often talk about. Um, changes in personality. So those are the things we don't maybe talk about quite the same. Is somebody who is often very calm and relaxed becomes quite anxious, or somebody who is very outgoing. Um, become very quiet and and they pull away from the things that they participated in before. People who start um, having more trouble managing the higher level function that we all take for granted, things like managing our checkbook, things like cooking, things like going to the grocery store and, and, and coming back with your list, it's pretty normal to forget one or two things on your list, especially if you haven't put it down. But it's not normal to forget why you went to the grocery store in the first place or really come home with something completely different. Um, Oftentimes, as you notice, you know, it's it's an illness that's progressive. So, you know, you might start noticing that things are changing either with yourself or somebody else, and you're not sure what's going on. But what you kind of start documenting is over time, these things happen more frequently. These changes are happening more often. Um, More difficult time finding the right words that you want. So communication challenges, having a hard time concentrating and focusing. So much of the same things that we talk about are symptoms of, are, of depression are actually can mimic uh, the same symptoms of, of dementia. So it's really important that if people have a concern from them, themselves or somebody else, that they get it checked out. Go see a physician because it could be something else too. It could be depression that's not being managed. It could be diabetes that's not being managed. Again, because this is uh, an illness that often happens when a person is much older, they might be on multiple medications. And so it could be a complication with medication. So we would really suggest that very strongly that if you see signs in yourself or somebody else that one of the first things you do is actually go see a physician. Is it more common for someone to see uh, uh, symptoms in their loved one or in themselves do you find in the history? Well, typically you see more often people finding um, changes in people around them. Um, but I would say my dad has dementia. He was diagnosed at 64, but he retired at 61 when he noticed changes in himself. He felt that he just was a step off, kind of was the way he right. described it, that he couldn't quite focus the way he used to. He couldn't bring in all of the different components in his job and manage them the, the way he used to do it. Right. Initially, he thought, well, maybe he was just kind of tired. He was ready to retire. And so he did um, and kind of stood back and waited for you know that clarity to come back to him, and he found it didn't, and um, and so we actually had many discussions about what was happening. And so, although most often it's others around who notice, it's not uncommon for the person themselves to think and uh, recognize that they're changing. Is there a pretty like you? You kind of think when you get older, you know, you get a little fuzzier, and it's kind of the natural progression of things. But when 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 is it sort of the tipping point that you should go? to a physician. So really when things start interfering with the way you live your life is when you should go and that likely will be slightly different with with different people. Um, But when it affects your daily living, when it affects your relationships with the people around you, when it affects the way that you can um, get along in the world, then it's time to see a physician. And the earlier, the earlier you find it, the earlier sort of treatment can begin and you can start dealing with it. Yeah, I think it's really important. And the more um, you can be engaged in making decisions about how you want to live the rest of your life and, and what kind of plans you need to put in place to enable that. Thanks, Nolan, and thank you to Wendy Shetler, CEO of the Alzheimer Society of Manitoba. We'll bring you the conclusion of that interview next week, where Wendy will tell us all about some upcoming events and resources that you can take advantage of. 
To see a few of these events, and for any additional information, please visit alzheimer.mb.ca. In addition to the rest of Wendy's interview, we'll also be joined in studio by Dr. Ben Albensi, who is an expert who studies dementia and Alzheimer's, and he'll tell us a little bit about the science behind his research. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined by Marie Bouchard of the Winnipeg Foundation. She recently moderated a panel at ONE, which is the Mayor's Summit for Racial Inclusion, and we'll learn about what she learned at the summit and uh, what her thoughts are regarding the conversation about racism and discrimination in our society. But first, here's He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother by the Hollies, right here on River City 360, CJNU 93.7 FM. The road is long With a many winding tongue That leads us to who knows where Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert Zerk here, joined by my co-host, Nolan Bicknell. And we are now joined by Marie Bouchard. She is the Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation. And she also uh, was a moderator at the ONE Summit, which was the Mayor's National Summit on Racial Inclusion. Uh, She moderated the panel, How to Move Forward Toward Racial Justice and Reconciliation. Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. So first off... Uh, what are some of the things that you took away from your participation at the summit? Well, I was involved um, with the third and final uh, panel session. We had a challenging task. We were asked to look at how to move forward with uh, racial justice and reconciliation. So this came at the end of a day and a half summit where people were talking about racism, trying to define it also talking about reconciliation and what that means and what it looks like. So our panel, um, I think, had a really important role to play. We wanted to make it that it was not just us having the conversation, but we wanted to engage the audience. Um, So we had a very good discussion, a very informal discussion, actually. And our panelists were brilliant, I have to say. We had a national perspective with uh, Keith 
Newman from Environics Institute and Diane Rusin with the Winnipeg Boldness Project, who's looking at racial justice and reconciliation on an individual level at the community uh, level. And um, we also had Trina Flett, who's with the United Way. And of course, you know, the United Way does a lot of um, community um, activities that have collective impact when it comes to equality. And our last guest was uh, Dr. Regine King, who is with the uh, Faculty of Social Work at the University of Manitoba, and she has done some work um, studying victims of trauma in Rwanda and cultural genocide, so she brought an interesting international perspective to our panel. So our my main takeaway from the um, panel, I have a few actually, the first was that when you're talking about racism and reconciliation, you should check your facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this summit came in response to an article that appeared in McLean's magazine claiming the, the that... The infamous article, yeah. The infamous article claiming that Winnipeg was the most racist city in Canada. And in fact, in 2011, Environics Institute from Toronto did a nationwide study that looked at racism in our country, and Winnipeg was not deemed the most racist city that dubious distinction goes to Edmonton oh wow Wow. and so you know here we are responding to something that isn't even based in fact not to say that racism uh, doesn't exist in our city but I think that we have to keep in mind that we do have a lot of positive attributes in this city that we can build upon in order to move forward so that was a really important takeaway Mm I, I was at the the summit, especially or the uh, panel that you moderated, and I thought that a lot of the just the random people coming up and sharing their stories, not necessarily even asking a question of the panel, but just people walking up and explaining who they are, where they come from, and how racism has affected their life, was almost one of the more powerful parts of the experience. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that was a second important takeaway for me uh, at the summit. Uh, was to was the message that you have to talk less and listen more. Right. Get to know a person, listen to their story, try to understand their perspective, and don't judge them uh, based on sweeping stereotypes. And with that comes empathy, comes sympathy, and you can kind of understand where someone else is coming from by getting to know them a little bit better. Absolutely. And by putting aside your attitudes, then you're more open to that possibility of of reconciliation. So what do you think needs to happen specifically in Winnipeg and maybe in, in Manitoba and Canada you could speak to a little bit more, but now that sort of the conversation has happened, what what are some of the actions that people can take to, to start with reconciliation and with kind of making things right again? Well, I think the need for education was um, a topic that came up a lot throughout mm-hmm. the summit, and we certainly heard it uh, during our panel. A lot of people don't know about colonialism. They yeah. don't know about residential schools. Uh, it's not something that we would have learned in school. No, I, we were just saying before we went on air that, yeah, I, I just found out about it a couple of years ago, and it's kind of shocking that such an important part of Canadian history is is not being taught in high school or 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 sooner. Exactly. And it, you know what? It's not a pretty picture. No. It's not a history that we necessarily want to be talking about. It's painful. But I think in, in order for us to move forward as a society, 
on a big issue like racial justice, we have to face colonialism and understand it and understand its ramifications over the years and over the generations. We have to confront racism head on. So those are big challenges for for our society. But at least I think with the summit um, and all you know that what all the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, there's a lot more awareness now and interest and empathy. Yeah, the conversation has started, and there are some things sort of in motion already that are improving race relations in Winnipeg. But uh, what can you speak to some of the things that the Winnipeg Foundation specifically is doing to support um, sort of racial inclusion and, and trying to trying to mend those wounds? Okay. Well, absolutely. Um, at the foundation, as you know, our mission is very inclusive. It's a Winnipeg where community life flourishes. And we like to say quietly, for all. (laughs) But our official mission is a a Winnipeg where community life flourishes. So that means that we have a very strong and active social justice agenda based on responding to community requests for support. And at least 17% of our funding goes towards uh, projects that that are either led or that will benefit the Indigenous community. And our increased support for newcomers also reflects the increase in immigration that we've had in our province. So, um, you know, trying to level the playing field, creating opportunities for everyone is built right into our mandate and has been since the start of the foundation. Where can people go to get more information if they want to uh, learn more about um, some of the results of the summit or if they want to learn more about uh, the programs that the Winnipeg Foundation supports that combat racism, uh, where can people go to find out more? Well, I believe the summit uh, or the city of Winnipeg is still maintaining the website on the summit and people can continue to provide feedback and ideas. Um, And there will be some ongoing information about uh, next steps. That's onewinnipeg.ca, I believe. Onewinnipeg.ca, that's right. And in terms of the foundation's work, you can certainly check on our website. You know, the foundation's board just recently signed the Philanthropic Community's Declaration of Action. And that document pledges to support an atmosphere of understanding, dignity, and respect towards a shared goal of reconciliation. Mm. So you can certainly watch on our website um, to learn more about how we plan to fulfill the promises in that declaration. And lastly, I just want to say that, you know, there's a lot of really good literature out there. I would recommend that everyone read um, John Ralston Saul's book, The Comeback. If you want to learn about colonialism and its ripple effects for the generations, that is an excellent book to read. And also the Treaty Commission, um, located here in Winnipeg, has excellent resources for understanding the treaty relationship between First Nations and Canada. And so it's uh, a very non-threatening, neutral space where you can learn about um, the, the discussions and, and the dialogue that went on in the 1870s right. in the signing of these treaties. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about this very important subject. Um, you know, there's, pro- we, it's, it's, there's probably a lot more work to still be done, but it's, it's inspiring and sort of refreshing to see that we're starting to take the steps necessary towards re- reconciliation and towards sort of making Winnipeg a beautiful place for everyone. 
we can make it happen. Thank you very much, Marie Bouchard of the Winnipeg Foundation. Thank you. If you'd like to read more about the Mayor's One Summit for Racial Inclusion, as we mentioned, you can go to onewinnipeg.ca. So that's the number one. You don't spell out O-N-E. Actually, the number one, winnipeg.ca. You can also visit the Winnipeg Foundation's website to find out more information about both current and upcoming programs and initiatives that are encouraging racial inclusion. So that's www.wpgfdn.org. Coming up after the break, our coverage of the unveiling event of a brand new attraction along a walking path down at the Forks. Uh, If you haven't gone down, there's still time. I know we said that it's October, so the uh, nice weather is sort of, it's dwindling, but you can still get down there and see a beautiful new fountain and beautiful new arches. And uh, after the break, we'll tell you all about them. But first, here's the Andrews sisters with Underneath the Arches right here on River City 360. Underneath the arches. I dream my dreams away Underneath the arches On cobblestones I lay Every night you'll find me Tired out and worn Happy when the daylight comes creeping Heralding the dawn Sleeping when it's raining And sleeping when it's fine Trains rattling by above Pavement is my pillow No matter where I stray Underneath the arches I dream my dreams away Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell and Robert Zirk here. So, Robert, as we mentioned before the break, a very special addition was made to Winnipeg this week, right down at the Forks on uh, Tuesday. Indeed. The Alloway Arch finished construction and was unveiled to an audience of over 250 people this past Tuesday. Members of the Winnipeg Foundation's board and staff, local press, and hundreds of donors and guests uh, joined the Lieutenant Governor uh, Janice Philman. And uh, she said some lovely words after the opening prayer. There was also former Premier uh, Gary Philman as well there. Um, you and I as well were on location. We, we were lucky enough to speak with some of our wonderful guests that, that attended the event. Barb Kendall was one of the guests, and she was glad to see the, the, the completed feature. As always, I think they've just done a great job. It really impresses me, this whole archway idea of walking into the forks, I think is, is really quite a landmark. 
Her husband, Dale Kendall, commented on the symbolism of the new features. When you think of uh, the three coins in the fountain uh, and the archway and how the Winnipeg Foundation started and that whole story, I think it really comes together artistically very well in the, in the setting. I think that's what that was one of the coolest parts of the whole story was the widow's might and the three the three coins and the three fountains and it was very cool. It's such an inspiring story. Yeah. The idea that it doesn't matter the size of the gift but it's that we all give and that we all work together to uh to make a community a community that flourishes. It is a metaphor for community. It's it's perfect. Uh, Manju Loda thought that it was significant to have the Widow's Might Fountain, the Alloway Arch, as well as the uh, statue of Mahatma Gandhi all lined up, uh, representing philanthropy and nonviolence, respectively. I'm really impressed. And what I see, the, even the architecture on the top, when you see the flowers or little petals, they're like lotus uh, leaves. So the the similarity in the architecture of the east and the west is also symbolic on the arch. We were also very lucky uh, to speak with Helen Hales. She's the former board chair of the Winnipeg Foundation. Uh, She was actually one of the people who cut the ceremonial ribbon right at the start and threw a ceremonial coin into the the fountain to to kick things off. she was very pleased with the turnout and sort of how the community really came out in support of the event. And the people that you know when, out, when you all come together and you know, and people you don't know but uh, care, I think that's important. And the current chair of the Winnipeg Foundation's board, Susan Milliken, reflected on the legacy of caring and accomplishment that the arches represent. I think the arch is a reminder of how much the city has accomplished and how historically we've cared for each other. And I think it also makes us, or should make us stop and wonder what we're contributing now and what people will be saying about us in 70 years. What do you think Alloway would think if he saw all this? I think he would be thrilled because I I think he gave the money not expecting anything, let alone the success of the Winnipeg Foundation. And to be honored this way, I'm sure if he was here, He'd be smiling. So it was a great event. Um, thank you to everyone who came out. And if you haven't seen the arches or the Widow's Might Fountain, be sure to head down to the Forks and check them out. It's a it's a wonderful addition to Winnipeg, and it's a it was cool to be a part of the launch event uh, on Tuesday. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests today. Uh, Wendy Shetler, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, Marie Bouchard, Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation, and uh, everyone who spoke with us and took the time to, to hang out with us at the, at the uh, Alloway Arch launch event earlier this week. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg or listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit rivercity360.org. That's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear what you think about the program. Give us a call. Our extension has changed, but it's still the same line. So give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, and leave us a comment about the show. You can even request a song, or if you have some ideas for stories, you know of an event coming up, or an organization, or some people that are working to do good in Winnipeg, let us know. 
So again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday.